Thanks for checking out this podcast from Christ Church of Ornogo. Our hope is that it helps you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. We are talking about the story of Jonah. And we see, like I mentioned earlier, we're going to see a comparison between the anger of Jonah, this bad prophet, thank you, and the compassion of God. Now, compassion is, is maybe not a word that you use very often, but in the Bible, God describes himself as compassionate. Uh, and maybe a, compassionate means to be deeply caring, like maybe a helpful image for you to, when you think about compassion is like a, like a parent or like a mother or a father holding a newborn baby, right? Like so careful, so protective. And this thing is just like, this is the best little thing in the world, even though it looks like a potato. Like I love this little baby. Have you seen your baby? It's it's kind of the reality of it, you know, but like, I love this thing so, so much. I care about it so deeply. And that's how God describes himself as compassionate. But we're going to see that Jonah gets blinded by his anger, that he's not able to be compassionate in the way that God calls him to be compassionate. But ultimately, in this story, we're going to see that Christians show compassion because God shows compassion. Christians show compassion because God shows compassion. Now, I want to invite my friend Joseph. Come on up, buddy. Thank you so much to help me tell the story of Jonah. Don't be too excited. Uh, Help me tell the story of Jonah. So, uh, Joseph, I'm going to have you stand like right here, please. Thank you so much. And I have some lines for Joseph that he's just going to read for us when I point to him every single time. And so that we can know who he is. There's that for you. It says Jonah. And every time you speak, right into that bad boy. Sound good? Don't be too excited. Okay. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. Um, Okay. So in the Old Testament book of Jonah, we are introduced to a prophet named Jonah. Now, Jonah liked long walks on the beach. He liked hating his enemies and he loved plants. And Jonah was also a part of the famous Israelite singing group, the Jonah Brothers, with their smash song lyric. It's line one. So just read line one. You just read line one. I've been... Into the microphone. (laughs) But sing it. What? Forget it. Don't sing it. Don't sing it. Just say it. Their huge Jonah Brothers song. I've been to the year 700 BC. Not much has changed, but Sennacherib is king of Sarah. Got it. Okay, there you have it. You can, you can, you can, take your, you can move your mask down if you would like. If you would like. Yeah, that's why that joke didn't land. That's the ma- it's the mask's fault. Okay, okay. So he, maybe he wasn't really a singer, obviously, but he was actually a prophet. But he wasn't a very good prophet, no offense, Jonah, because he thought that his own thoughts, his own opinions were more important than God's, which is a pretty tough spot to be in when your main job is to tell people God's truth. And that's exactly what he was called to do. He was called to go to the city of Nineveh. You want to hold that or something? There you go. Thanks. Maybe try not to cover it up though. Uh, but you got, it. you got it. He was called to go to the city of Nineveh in the country of Assyria and tell them to repent, to turn from their evil ways 
or God was going to destroy the city. But here's the thing. Jonah hated Nineveh. He thought they were the worst and they were bad dudes. I mean, they were really, really bad people. Like the people you learn about in your history class that you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they did that. Like that was Nineveh. And they were an enemy of Israel and Jonah was an Israelite. So naturally he hated them. And yet that's who God called him to go to because here's the thing, even though Jonah hated them, God did not. God loved the people of Nineveh. And so even though Jonah did not want to go, he re- God tried to push, but, but Jonah disobeyed. And so instead of obeying God, he said to God, Mine too. I ain't going to Nineveh. There you go. I ain't going to Nineveh. That's what he said. I ain't going to Nineveh. And then guess what he didn't do? He didn't go to Nineveh. And he hopped on a boat as far as he could in the opposite direction to a place called Tarshish. He went to a place called Tarshish. And while he was on the boat to Tarshish, a huge, mega, nasty storm started to come out. And it was so rainy and so windy that they threatened, they thought the ship was going to fall apart and everyone was so scared except Jonah. Because Jonah was asleep with his teddy bear in the bottom of the boat, sleeping like a little baby. And so he wasn't scared at all. But then the captain runs down to the bottom of the ship. He wakes Jonah up, which just gets Jonah angrier because who likes to be woken up in the middle of a nap? No one. And then he talks to the captain. The captain figures out that Jonah is the reason for the storm. He figures out that God had caused the storm because Jonah had ran away from the mission. And so they were like, what are we supposed to do? And Jonah, because he's just a smart guy, had the great idea to jump into the ocean and just die so that everyone else will be saved. And the sailors were like, okay. No, the sailors were like, we can't kill him. He's a prophet of God. But what else are they going to do, right? Like, it's Jonah's fault. Somebody's got to go. We are about to be doomed. And so with that, Jonah jumped into the water with a big cannonball, and he screamed out. Last one's in pagan. Say it again. Last one's in pagan. Last one ends a pagan. That's what Jonah said. And he jumped into the water. And guess what he thought was going to happen? He thought he was going to die. But guess what didn't happen? He didn't die. Instead, he was swallowed by a giant fish. Okay? A giant fish swallowed Jonah. That looks very good on you. And wow. And I mean, just what a time. What a time. And it was inside the smelly belly of this smelly fish that Jonah, you can put this down, that Jonah thought, this is stinky. This is stinky. It doesn't smell good inside of a fish, okay? That's biblical. No, it's not. And he began to pray to God. And he repented. He asked God for forgiveness. And God heard him, and he made the fish to spit Jonah out onto dry land. Hooray. I know you're sad to see it off his head because it honestly looked great. And then now Jonah for the second time was called by God to go to Nineveh. And this time Jonah actually 
did, which is really good. Go Jonah. So he goes to Nineveh and he preaches to them. But here's the thing. He still didn't want to go. And unlike the other prophets of the Old Testament, like Isaiah or like Jeremiah, Jonah didn't have some big sermon with all, of his, with all of Nineveh's sins and God's punishment, and he didn't even mention God. In essence, all Jonah said was, 40 days till you're roasted and toasted. 40 days till you're roasted and toasted. That's what he said. Yeah, he said, you have 40 days, and if you don't repent, you're done for. You are done for. Why did he say that? Because Jonah hated the Ninevites. He didn't give them a lot of information and he didn't even give them the time of day because he wanted them to die. He hated the Ninevites. Jonah hated the Ninevites. He didn't understand how God could show compassion to people that Jonah thought were so evil, were so wrong. And honestly, he was like, they don't deserve God's compassion. What they deserve is death. But to Jonah's disappointment, they actually repented. Like everyone, the Bible tells us from the king to the cows, everybody bowed to the God of Israel. And it was this amazing thing, right? Like everyone was so happy and they celebrated because we're not going to die anymore because God kept his promise. He's not going to destroy us. And it was wonderful and it was amazing. And everyone was so happy, right? Wrong. Jonah was ticked. He was so angry. He was Matter than a mosquito at a mannequin factory. Think about it. There we go. Matter than a mosquito at a mannequin factory. You can't sting a mannequin. Oh, Jonah, you kill me. He could not believe that God would withhold his punishment. He even looks at God and he says, are you kidding me, God? I knew that you would be this compassionate and gracious and forgiving. And that's exactly why I didn't want to go because they deserve punishment. And I knew you wouldn't give it to them. He is so angry. And so Jonah goes out to a mountain outside of the city and he just sits there and he pouts, hoping maybe God will change his mind and that he'll get a front row seat to the destruction of his enemies. But what happens? God does not change his mind. God does not change his mind at all. And so as he's sitting there waiting for something to happen, it gets really hot in the desert sun. And so the scorching heat starts to give Jonah a sunburn and it's a pain. And so God builds for him a wonderful plant to give him some shade. And he's like, this is so wonderful. I love it. This is my favorite plant ever. I'm going to name it Joseph. I love it so, so much. But then God sends a worm to eat the plant and cut it down. And that makes Jonah really, really angry. He gets so angry that he says to God, I would rather die. I would rather die. That's what he says. See to Jonah, his life is the worst. His enemies don't get the punishment they deserve. He tried to run away from God, but he ended up inside a fish and now his head is sunburned. He's just so angry. He doesn't get it. How could God show compassion and show love to people that Jonah thought was so, were so evil and so wrong and that he disagreed with so much and that he just thought were the dumbest and worst people in the world and made Jonah so angry? And that 
is where all of this comes together for you and me. Joseph, you can sit down. Thank you so much. Yes, give him a round of applause. Give him a round of applause. Thank you, sir. So Jonah's anger and God's compassion. Jonah's ticked. He's really mad. He can't believe that God has destroyed the thing that he loved and not destroyed the thing that he hated. And so God asks Jonah, he says, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And Jonah says back to God, it is. And I'm so angry, I wish I were dead. I mean, that sounds like some Disney Channel soap opera stuff. Like, it's so dramatic, right? They're like, Jonah, cool out, buddy. But okay, okay, okay. Let's put ourselves in Jonah's shoes. Okay, let's try and put ourselves in Jonah's shoes. Everything that he thought should happen has not happened. And finally, when something good happens, the tree, it doesn't last very long. And so he thought that God should work in one particular way towards one particular people and should only show compassion toward one particular group. And when God doesn't do that, he gets really angry. And there's a lot of anger these days, isn't there? You don't have to look very far to see people angry. Yesterday and today, we saw a lot of people in person and on TV, angry about the election, didn't we? Republicans were angry at the evil Democrats. Democrats were angry at the evil Republicans. And Christians were angry. Christians were angry too, huh? Maybe you were angry. Maybe you were angry. Hey, and if you find yourself talking, maybe insulting people that you disagree with, this next part is especially for you. Because the word of God is going to say something pretty much right to you. Maybe you were angry or you were frustrated. Maybe your parents or your friends at school were frustrated. And perhaps like Jonah toward the Ninevites, you found yourself thinking, how could anyone ever think that or like that person or want to be a part of that and think that they're right? They're so wrong and and they're dumb and they deserve the trouble that they have coming for them. And honestly, I would rather die than be around them. I don't want to be around them. I don't want any part of it. And now you're just waiting for something bad to happen. Or you're angry because things aren't going the way that you want them to go. And now you feel like, man, we are hopeless. The world is over. America is over. We are doomed. The world is going to fall apart. Everything's going to be on fire. Oh no, oh no, we're doomed. Or maybe you're on the other side and you're like, awesome. Things pretty, went pretty well for me. I like this. This is going good. I'm on top of the world. This is pretty good. I'm doing pretty well today. Maybe you're in one of those camps. But can I tell you something? Both of those are not Christian And both of those are dangerous. Why? Because both of those reveal very clearly their trust is not in Jesus. How? Oh no, the world is over. Everything's doomed. We are never going to be a good country again. That's what you think? Oh man, this is amazing. Everything's going to be incredible now. 
Both of those reveal that your trust has never been in Jesus because if it was, then you would have been able to confidently say that no matter what happens, it doesn't matter who's elected because my hope and my trust have never been in somebody that changes every four years. It's always been in somebody that walked out of a tomb so I could be free. So it reveals that your trust is not in the only person as a Christian your trust should be in. And so what does the story of Jonah tell us? It tells us that we're Jonah. That we have the same problems Jonah did. We're prideful and we think God is too small. We think like Jonah that the only people God could ever show compassion towards are the people that we think are good. Like Jonah, we get so consumed and blinded by what we think God should do that we completely miss what God is actually doing. What is God doing, you might ask? He's giving mercy to the people that do not deserve it. He is showing compassion to his enemies. He is loving the people that we think are so full of hate. God is being exactly who he said he is. Look at what God says to Jonah right after Jonah says that he wants to die. Verse 10, but the Lord said, you have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left and also many cattle? He says, Jonah, you're close. You're close, Jonah. See, Jonah, you cared about this plant that you did nothing to create and was in your life for maybe a day. And so you can see that's a small glimpse of how much I care for the people of Nineveh because I've been with them for their whole lives and I created them. He says, Jonah, can't you see? My compassion is for you and for Israel and the Ninevites. Because God's compassion is for all of his children, all of his creation, even the cows of Nineveh. Everybody gets it. The compassion of God is for all people. Every single person. And as soon as we start to think that God could only show compassion to Republicans that God could only show compassion to Democrats, that God could only show compassion to Americans, we are making God in our image instead of recognizing that we're made in his and so has every other person that has ever been created. Every person that we disagree with, they're made in his image. And so what do we do? We show compassion. Christians show compassion because God shows compassion. How do we show compassion? We show compassion towards others by loving our enemies, by loving those we disagree with. How do we love them? We're kind to them. We're gracious to them. We listen to them. We try to understand where they're coming from. We're not mean to them. We don't say hurtful things on social media. We don't dig at them with passive aggressive comments. We don't yell out in a room full of Jesus followers that that group of people are idiots. We don't do that. 
We love them. We listen to them. We understand and we recognize that we can passionately disagree with somebody and still see that they are loved by Jesus. They are made in the image of God. And that ultimately they deserve our love and our respect and the compassion of God. We show compassion back towards God by giving our primary allegiance to him. What's allegiance? It's a word you use probably almost every day. It means to give your loyalty, to give your commitment to something that is above you. So you say that you pledge allegiance to America and that is a good thing. That's a good thing. The, the Bible calls us, makes it clear. You should love your country. You should be a good citizen. It's a, that's not a bad thing, but it's not the highest thing. Our highest allegiance should be to God. Before you are an American, you're a Christian. Before you're an American, you're a child of God. And so your highest allegiance, the way that you show compassion to God is by giving your highest allegiance to his kingdom and not this country. So don't limit God that he, don't limit God by saying that he can only show compassion to some people because you only show compassion to some people. Then you're just making the same mistake Jonah did. You're making God small and in your image. And I'm sorry, but you're a terrible God. God is not a Republican. He is not a Democrat. He is not American. God is God, and he has enough compassion and mercy and grace for every single person that he has ever created, and the cross of Jesus is plenty wide for anyone that wants to come to it. And in case you have in your head that I don't love America or, or something like that, then let me be clear, I love this country. I'm so grateful for this country. God has given such amazing gifts and freedoms to this country that I am so thankful for. And I'm especially grateful for the people that defend those freedoms and defend those gracious gifts that God has given us in our military, in our police, in our hospitals, in politics. And it breaks my heart to see people not respecting those things because those are God-ordained positions that a Christian has no right to critique or break down. And yet... And yet, we have to recognize that this is not a perfect place and it's not God. God cares for all people and so should we. And we can and we should have conversations and we should have opinions and beliefs and we should be involved and we should have respectful conversations. Yes, to all of that. But if we're living with anything other than Jesus as the center of our life, then we're not living the way that a Jesus follower is called to live, period, end of story. God calls you to love the people that you don't like because he loved the people that killed him. On the cross, Jesus did not say, Father, punish them. Father, remove your compassion, make them suffer, call them names and laugh. No, no, no. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. 
And in that moment, the compassion of God wrapped around the very people that killed his son. And that's our example. And so the book of Jonah ends abruptly with a question about cows. And I think that's on purpose so that you and I can see that the questions that God asks Jonah are the questions that God is asking us. So, seventh and eighth grader, do you do well to be angry? Do you do well to be mean? Do you do well to be anxious or frustrated? Shouldn't God care about the Ninevites? Shouldn't God care about the Democrats? Shouldn't God care about the Republicans? Are they also not worth his compassion? Shouldn't he love your enemies? Don't his enemies deserve his love? Will you show it to them? Will you show it to them? Thanks again for checking out this podcast from Christ Church of Ornogo. We hope that this teaching is helping you discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. If you're interested in learning more about Christ Church, visit us online at cco.church.